I always view it as like, you know, the cannabis industry in some parts, at least in its infancy, it was kind of like when two friends are like, we should start a bar. That's like, that's a good idea. Let's do it. You know, here's, here's what our name will be. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, and then now what? This is Lit and Lucid, your after work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy cozy in the the Lit and Lucid lucid lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. If you are just tuning into this season, it is the Homegrown Series Made in Colorado. This season, we are focused on Colorado-based brands from dispensaries, manufacturers, and ancillary businesses that have shaped the industry into what it is today. Today, we have Colton Colucci joining us. Colton is the Director of Marketing with Work. Work allows cannabis companies to maintain payroll, human resources, timekeeping, scheduling, and tax compliance, as well as minimizes compliance risks in the ever-changing cannabis regulatory environment. That is a pretty important role to play in the cannabis industry, to say the least. Uh, So we're super excited to have you on today, Colton, to learn more about yourself and work. With that, welcome. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. Definitely appreciate the invite and being able to, uh, you know, talk to you guys a bit more about not only work, but just the cannabis industry and how we've seen it grow, at least in Colorado. Absolutely. And we're stoked, you know, on our homegrown series to have a fellow Colorado native with us and also somebody who's helping us, you know, move this cannabis industry forward. So excited to talk about your background and also work later on. We know a lot of the services that work offers are pretty integral uh, in the cannabis industry. And as we kind of reach this maturation point and becoming, you know, we got to run a, a real business here. So you need a lot of these services to do it right. But uh, before we get too much into work, let's talk about you more, Colton. Uh, tell us about, you know, your journey, just getting started and how you ended up here in the cannabis industry. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see. Well, I've been in the cannabis industry for about seven or eight years. Um, I've been kind of in between a few positions. I've held everything without being a bud tender or a store manager, but um, I've worked for product companies. My brother actually um, runs and owns some microdose. And so um, I got to see a lot of what the product companies have to go through um, and kind of how they interact with dispensaries. But more so, when I first got in the industry, I was introduced. Um, I started a business called Interface, and it was a cross-cultural facilitation business where I uh, worked on behalf of Native American allottees and landowners up in the oil and gas area um, in the Bakken for North Dakota, and how they interacted with a lot of the energy companies. Um, kind of after the boom sort of dipped down, I ended up working, um, you know, trying to transition, working in a new cash crop, which was cannabis. So. Wanted to kind of work in the same vetting space of, you know, a lot of the um, tribes or different members who wanted to get into the cannabis space um, best based off of sovereign law was kind of, you know, how could I best suit vetting these companies that wanted to come in, potentially work with these tribes and uh, kind of see best fit needs. So, um, you know, I got to intimately understand the industry from kind of cultivation, every aspect of it, and um, sort of the pitfalls that they faced um, having to do different regulations, cross-state, everything else. So that was in about, uh, let's see, 2014. So I've been, um, you know, since working in Colorado um, for a variety of different product companies. Most recently, I worked for uh, Green Screens, which was a um, 
B2B SaaS company that worked with a lot of data in a lot of the um, dispensaries in Colorado and um, in a lot of other states. So um, I was working there actually um, and had kind of an intimate understanding of a lot of the data and the product companies that work within the dispensaries. So um, we were able to see what pain points product companies had in working with dispensaries and then vice versa. So we're really able to kind of see what that relationship looked like between those two counterpoints. And um, for me, from a marketing perspective, uh, it was great to kind of see how one, these product companies did interact with not only their consumer base and education and kind of demystifying, but also how the um, retail partners were able to kind of grow their own brand and see how they could work with the customer base. Yeah. So, you know, I've been, again, just kind of hopping around in different, um, you know, operational aspects, primarily in marketing, again, for the past like seven years within cannabis. So um, all of that being in Colorado too, which is exciting because I was able to see sort of how the market became, you know, from this kind of gray area with, um, you know, the big dump trucks dropping off cash (laughs) in Pueblo to, um, you know, companies like work, which help kind of, you know, validate and um, break down some of those those norms that people expect from the industry coming from the regulated, you know, the regulated drug side. So, you know, for me being able to see where it's been and where it's going, my opportunity at work and what's kind of led me to this director marketing position was I've seen where the industry has been and how a lot of these startups, you know, without having this kind of company to sort of pave the road for them, like work does in terms of handling a lot of the compliance and, you know, the mention of payroll and HR and HCM, those types of opportunities and companies would not be able to scale without those, you know, services that work does provide. So <clears throat> overall, you know, I'm just, it's good for me to see the perspective and be able to appreciate where the industries come. And I always, you know, a few things that I've always said that have stuck with me is, you know, Denver is to de- like Detroit is to the automotive industry. So I think Denver, you know, has a lot of great companies that come from it, Colorado as a whole, but it's, um, it's really kind of like a trial by fire. You know, there's a lot of great companies that come from the state um, that have really tried and, and gone through, I mean, just so many growth pains with where the industry is and kind of being pioneers in the space. So being, you know, aware and kind of a part of a lot of those companies throughout my years within the space has been kind of a blessing just to see and appreciate how far we've come, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love that you touched on that and I love the analogy you made between Denver and Detroit because that's really why we wanted to do this, the homegrown series was because we're the same way. We're kind of like you of like, we watched this evolve really in it. And some of it's kind of sad, honestly, of like, you see some of these favorite companies that used to like, and now maybe they're no longer in business. And you've also seen other companies that have, you know, struck a big and are now, you know, multi-state operators. And, and so it's a unique position that we're in of, you know, we've, we've been in the trenches with all these people we have, you know, went through all these trials and, and now it's like, we're finally starting to see uh, the bigger picture outside of Colorado of it It is, it's going to survive, you know, it's going to, it's like a stable foundation that's being built and, and it's going to, you know, percolate into other states now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to that point is um, with the roll-ups that are kind of happening in the industry. And as you mentioned, the mom and pops, like it is sad to see some of the OGs kind of be rolled up, but it is a good thing too, I think just for an industry as a whole, that means that we found acceptance and that's probably the biggest, you know, win for me in terms of where the industry is going is that, you know, yes, we are continuing to breaking down barriers, education, domestifying, you know, establishing the industry as a legitimate one. And so it's, 
again, it's companies like work though, that I think that's where I found the value is, you know, yes, I can't, I can't really do much to stop what is happening with industry with rollups and how people, you know, the industry is growing, but I can be there to support them and kind of enable and empower a lot of the companies that'll be doing it, whether they are mom and pop or they are an MSO, you know, we, we do service that full scale, which is awesome. So that's something that I hundred percent am behind from being at work. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing I thought was cool about your background, I saw that you were a CSU Fort Collins alum. Um, I went to CSU and Jared went to CSU P and I don't think we've had anybody on the show in like over 150 episodes that went to the same college. So that's pretty dope. But I'm kind of curious, you know, like, were you inherently interested in cannabis? Because like, I like to think about my college career, you know, and Back then, I would think if I would have told my parents, you know, I'm going to be in cannabis in five, 10 years, I don't really know what that conversation <laughs> would have been like. So, you know, what do your family think about it now? And, you know, did you have an inherent, you know, interest in cannabis back then or it's just kind of evolved over the years? Yeah, um, definitely evolved. I think, you know, one thing, too, is I never thought I would be in cannabis for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people never really expect that unless they're like, you know, diehard um, <laughs> in, in, in the garage. But it's... Um, <laughs> You know, I think too, it's what I've experienced is like, whenever you say you're in cannabis, you have to immediately justify what you do in the industry or else you get dismissed. So, you know, I had to kind of deal with that a few times, um, just growing up too, around my, not so much my parents, but, um, you know, my, um, my fiance now wife's parents too, you know, Mm -hmm. just being viewed as, um, you know, hey, he's in the industry, this is what he does. He's more on the CBD side, though, so so don't don't worry. He's not on, he's not on the, the the drug side of things. So there was always that funny kind of paradigm too. But um, no, I never I never thought I would be in it. I just knew that you know I liked to see emerging markets be successful. You know, I, I thought that that was always an interesting thing to be in because when I was in oil and gas and seeing you know a lot of the tribes or ilates or individuals that I worked with you know, finding success or being able to, um, you know, find areas where they were able to improve, then, you know, that's what kind of triggered me to be able to like, hey, I want to continue to stay on this train or work on sort of developments with within a social setting. So, you know, cannabis 100% is that right now. That's a social setting that's continuing to grow. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of that. But my parents too, I will remember the first time that up in uh, Manitou that, you know, edibles were, were legal. And so it was kind of a big thing because Colorado Springs is still medical. So, you know, for us, it was like, <laughs> let's go check it out and we'll, we'll come back and, uh, you know, just be open about it with my parents. And so back then too, it was like 2013, like the, the potency of some of those edibles was unreal. So I remember, <laughs> I remember it kind of being like, it was kind of anticlimactic. It was just like, uh, we all take, we took them and my mom kind of washed us. She's like, okay, I was on the monitor. You guys are all right. I'm like we're, we're cool. And there's like a nap right afterwards. So <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was fun though. Yeah. I mean, never, never thought I'd be in it, but I'm hundred percent so glad that I am and have been able to see and appreciate where it's come from. That's great. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's transition a little bit more now and talk, talk about work, you know, um, work was founded in 2015 by Keegan Peterson, who was a strong advocate in the cannabis industry. And he sadly, you know, passed away last year. Uh, but I know, you know, the company's in good hands now and it's still moving forward with that vision that he shared. Uh, tell us a little bit more about work and, and kind of what suite of services they offered and maybe, you know, why, you know, a cannabis specific workforce management platform is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, there's there's a few parts of it and from where so I've been able to see work from an outsider's perspective. I've been aware of work 
like I said, since I've been in the industry for a while. So I've always seen it um, and was kind of curious about it because a lot of the things that work does offer, I didn't think were available to the cannabis industry, you know, which I'll get into a bit more. But um, I know like work when it was first conceived was really about like, let's just get employees paid. Like, let's make, let's clean that mess up because, you know, these cash like over fist or under table, those types of things, you know, just weren't really acceptable and not scalable. So Keegan and the, the work team um, in 2015 did see that as a huge advantage or an opportunity to be able to actually, you know, hey, let's leverage what we know and what we can bring to the table in terms of getting people paid as just a starting point and then helping them kind of be able to scale their operation and support them. So, you know, where where I see where works come is like, you know, it really was that build, scale, and then maintain of what works come from. So, um, you know, when they first started out, I was really building, like, let's help our partners build their operations. Let's figure out the pitfalls. Let's kind of be the guiding light, um, you know, around 280 and like certain tax compliance, everything else that a lot of operators have to navigate. So let's be that more HR side of things, operational people to help um, be an extension of their team. And then we are definitely in the scale phase right now with a lot of our partners, which is awesome. It's great to see these companies grow. So, um, you know, with Works offerings um, in terms of the, the payroll HR, HCM space, um, a lot of the things that I guess people don't really overlook, but realize that it's important, but don't fully understand. I would say that's a great way for work to come in and kind of say, hey, we've got this, let us handle it here's things you should be aware of. And just kind of being, again, that guiding light for a lot of operators in the space. Back to the maintain part too. So with a lot of the MSOs that we do service, um, we service about 80% of the MSOs currently in the space. And that has been just maintaining. So it's like, you guys, obviously I've got an operation that you've built. You care about your employees. You're trying to maintain the scale of the company and how you're trying to grow. And so we really are kind of being more of that Instead of a reactive company, <clears throat> when we first started, I think we're kind of going into this this more proactive phase of the company, which is yeah. where, you know, from a marketing perspective, that's where I saw, you know, I was like, I definitely want to jump on board there because it is just being able to, um, you know, help these companies be like, hey, I want to, if you're trying to do this, here's a few things you should be aware of. And here's some, you know, areas that we've seen because we intimately see every scale of an operation. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you're a retailer, if you're a cultivation, if you're a lab, you know, plant touching, regardless of any of those types of aspects, work does service a huge client base. So we are able to understand the intimate pitfalls for that, which is awesome. And then for like multi-state operators, do you guys, you know, have like regulations in each state that you make them aware of or how does that all work? Absolutely. That's um, that's a big thing for us is we do monitor every state. So we're in every legal, legal state right now. And our tax compliance team is pretty robust in that we do kind of keep a finger on the pulse with any sort of legislative change or anything else. So within each, we do take kind of that tailored approach to see that, you know, if it doesn't like affect or any of the licenses or the IDs or anything else that they're dealing with, we're able to kind of help and guide them there. So I think from an MSO's perspective, a company like, like Work really does kind of onboard that entire, you know, not so much HR, but is able to kind of lay out the blueprints for, hey, these things are coming up, things you should be aware of, here's some resources to you, and being able to really make sure that their employees are supported to make the decisions that they need to be making for their operation. That's pretty interesting. You know, one thing I thought was like, 
pretty cool that you pointed out was you guys are servicing something like 80% of the MSOs in the space. I mean, so clearly that, you know, projects the value of you guys are offering something valuable or, you know, the flip side of this is, is it, is payroll and, and kind of HR, are these, these services that maybe traditional companies still aren't willing to touch because of, you know, the federal, you know, aspect of it or the, you know, this, the state by state aspect where in some states it's still not legal, you know, are these larger companies still just really not wanting to, to deal with cannabis payroll? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're seeing a few people enter this space, but since we've been with a lot of these companies, the OGs, the MSOs from the like, since conception from the beginning and helping them scale, you know, since 2015, we've really been able to own the reputation and the respect and the relationships, which is awesome because we do see at every stage that what they have to go through. Um, I was just talking to uh, one of my coworkers earlier today too. And it's like, you know, a lot of companies, payroll providers, anyone else would probably come in once they've reached a certain point. But unlike that work does help at every stage. So if there are, you know, 10 employees or 5,000, we've got a product and a solution fit along that ecosystem, which I think is pretty unique to our overall offering. And again, why I'm excited about, you know, leading the marketing efforts is because it really is. It's allowing especially those new cities or states that are coming online to be aware that, you know, there are, you know, 401ks. There's certain <laughs> yeah. aspects that, yeah. you know, traditional markets are very well you know aware of, but the cannabis is kind of shied away from because of, you know, federal regulations or anything else that have kept other players out. Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting. I was reading an article um, about how Keegan got everything started. And it was the story about how his friend, you know, they got shut down for payroll eight years ago, or however long it was. And, and I didn't even realize that, you know, like I know about banking and getting shut down for banking, but like payroll and like HR and things like that, that didn't even cross my mind that that would be a problem. And it's kind of funny that like this episode's debuting this week, because Jared and I have been talking about like, <laughs> payroll and like scaling the business recently. And we're like, where do you even and go to like find these resources and like it's a very valuable resource once you're aware that you need it you know right. what I mean like it's not like super sexy where everybody's like ooh payroll but like when you're to that point and you need like somebody to like help you along that way like it, it's valuable like it's very valuable and so the fact that you guys are doing it specifically for cannabis I mean I'm sure that's mm -hmm. super valuable for your clients because you guys are in it and you understand you know day in and day out you know cannabis regulations and how that whole process works versus if you just go to like a regular corporate company they probably don't know the nuances of can cannabis yeah I mean I could back that up just you know just to butt in here is like we're trying to run our business and it's fairly small, but the next stage for us is like pay, payroll and HR and dealing with hiring employees and managing contractors. And, and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for me. It's a lot for business owner. I'm even looking at like having to submit monthly taxes now as like, what a pain in the butt, you know? And, and it was cool when I was looking up different places, it's like a lot of these places, even yourself included is there's benefits included. It's not just payroll and tax remittance. It's all these other services that are built on, where you guys are like a workforce management solution. You guys have apps, you have employee apps, you have like time tracking. There's all these different things that are built in so that you know a lot of these companies, if maybe it is their first time running a business or on the flip side, if it's a large company uh, with multiple states in the mix, uh, they're able to manage it all from one place. And so I can intrinsically see the value of that just on its own without the cannabis aspect. And then when you factor in cannabis, it's almost like a, like a must-have really because cannabis is very... It's very tricky. It's a very tricky industry and a lot of nuances, like Lucy said. And so I think to have a partner that uh, not only can just manage the workforce solutions and, and all the 
different aspects of that. But then like you're saying, you guys act as almost like consultants too, because a lot of this, like we discussed at the start of this is like, it's still like trial and error. A lot of this stuff is, and even not even so much HR and payroll, but just basic pieces of the business. And so if you guys can even like make connections or provide some insight or just help these other people feel more comfortable with what they're doing, I think that certainly goes a long way on its own. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, it's like you said, it's one of those things. I, I always view it as like, you know, the cannabis industry in some parts, at least in its infancy, was kind of like when two friends are like, we should start a bar. That's like, that's a good idea. Let's do it. You know, here's, here's what our name will be. And then it's like, all right. And then now what? And so it's kind of like, you know, it's those types of things where it's like, you really did. It came from a, a, an area of passion because, you know, people, you know, really are that there's a culture built around this industry. So, it's um it's awesome to you know have a company you know let them focus on why they became a company or why they entered the industry and then work focus on how they can or like ways that they can continue to scale so i think that's a big part you know too for our overall objective is just to empower those operators to continue to be like hey remember when you you started out and you you wanted to create this because of x y and z stay on that path. We'll kind of, you know, guide you and let you, you know, not fall into these pitfalls because we do have the experience with, you know, operators nationwide. So, um, you know, hundred percent, that's again, why I think, you know, us being in the space for as long as we have been in. And, um, as you mentioned, some operators coming from, you know, potentially in the payroll HDR, HR space outside of cannabis is how can we do, you know, just continue to educate our customer base on the different pitfalls. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that that's why this was like such a perfect fit for this season, because you guys have been around since 2015. And, you know, you probably started small. And then here you are now, you know, helping 80% of MSOs across the United States, not just in Colorado. And that's what really what it's about, you know, people realizing that, you know, there were these companies that started as a small little thing in Colorado, and now they've evolved and are helping people all across the United States. And that's what we really just wanted to showcase was like, there are these companies that this is really where it started. Like for me and Jared, we're Colorado Navids. You are yourself too. And like, you've seen this industry grow up from just a little infant to like now, you know, we're like in our teens a little bit. So <laughs> it's cool to watch it grow. Um, but for you guys for work, what's on the horizon? Absolutely. And that's funny you mentioned teens too, because I always think the, the cannabis industry is like a big high school. It's the same like 300 <laughs> people that you see at MJ Biz yeah. and everything else. But um so kind of on the horizon for us, you know, we've we've been in the industry, we've established ourselves in cannabis, and um, we want to be viewed more as like, you know, an extension of some of these people's actual operation, not just a tool. So, um, you know, us operating kind of more up in the, the, the tech space are being seen as that for managed services. So we're kind of, uh, we're working on a lot of our integrations and partnerships um, to be able to kind of develop, you know, identify, you know, operational gaps that they may be servicing in other areas that we're not experts, but we have a partner to solve for. So um, we really are branching out and kind of, you know, making ourselves a bit more accessible for a variety of different issues outside of, you know, HR and HCM and payroll um, through our partnership channels. So that's a big thing for us. And as always been a big thing for me is, you know, it's our industry is very much, you know, referral based and putting a face to the name you know, at MJ biz, you know, those types of, as you guys probably know, like just those cultural nuances that are fun, mm-hmm. but I think partners, you know, they do go a long way. So one of my big initiatives is really building out a partner partnership program with a lot of um, our team as well. But then too, as I mentioned before, you know, 
the 401k and the the MEP that we're working on too. Those types of initiatives that I think you know, I myself have been um, a victim of being at a product company where we actually were trying to bring on a Silicon Valley exec, and we we everything was lined up. You know, we we're able to kind of um, give salary and everything, but benefits just were not there. Yeah. And it really wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of longevity being seen. So Mm -hmm. I think a big initiative for work is, um, you know, one of my coworkers had a great kind of, you know, hire to retire, I think is one thing. So work has kind of sat in the middle of that, but we're working with our partners on onboarding the right talent, whether they're outside of cannabis or not, Mm -hmm. and then increasing the longevity because this industry, as you're both aware, has been, you know, it's kind of that fast, like get in, get out. High risk, high reward, you know, um, which comes with a new industry um, like this. But it's, I think, our job at work to really say, hey, no, you can stay here. You can maintain your operation. You can still scale. Here are the tools. Let us kind of, you know, help with those managed services. So in terms of a bigger initiative is really being able to show the longevity of the industry and how we can be a part of it. That's pretty cool. You know, that's something that I was going to talk about earlier is just that you know, as we stabilize this industry, that is a big part is like maintaining these workforces and, and building like a stable foundation where there was like an influx of like people our age and even younger of just getting in the industry, trying to find the opportunity. And we all saw it. I think there were some stats out there about like the, the attrition rate was like incredible. And, you know, things like this are what's needed to, to legitimize it so that people can look at cannabis industry as being a legitimate career, that, like you said, you can build into. And then we can also start bringing people from other industries in to help share their expertise, but also give them a platform to, to be proud of for one of like, yes, I do have basic things, I guess, like dental and vision and health and a 401k to invest in. Uh, where five years ago, you know, like we all know, people are still having trouble applying for mortgages and, and, you know, health insurance was an afterthought. And so it, it's really incredible to see that, you know, a company like your own is coming around to helping legitimize this industry and then provide these solutions. And then now seeing is like, you guys are forward looking and trying to get ahead of the curve and trying to build out a platform that can support the growth. It's almost like going back to like the teen perspective. It's like the parents are kicking the teen out of the house now. And like, there you go. You got to like make it on your own now. And <laughs> that's where the industry's at is like the industry needs to support itself and be legitimate. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great analogy. I think, um, yeah, and that's where I see it too, just because, you know, a lot of startups, once they get successful, once they scale, once they're kind of reaching that point of, wow, we're actually, we're, we're making it, you know, we're able to be in different states, um, you know, our products are in different, you know, maps around the, the, the country. That type of, you know, honeymoon phase is awesome. And then it's just like, what next? And I think that there's a lot of that around, um, you know, the industry currently, of which we, again, wanted to be kind of that facilitator just to say that there is platforms and opportunities. Let us, again, guide you and, you know, be able to show you that there are opportunities to scale regardless of what your, your objectives are. That's so valuable. I mean, that's exactly what Jared and I, again, we're talking about, like, where, what resources, like, where, where do you go? Like, who's going to help? And it, you, it's daunting, because like, you know, we don't know. And like, once you learn, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. But just those initial stages of like you said, like, you're trying to expand, and you want to grow, but like, how do you actually do it? So I think that, you know, what you guys have provided is super valuable for people, um, you know, small businesses and MSOs. Like, I think that's really important here. Like, it's not just the big boys. Like, if you're a small company, like, you can use these services, too. So for anybody who is interested, where can they find out more about your services? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, enjoy work. Uh, WURK.com is probably the best way to start. Um, we, uh, to your point, you know, we do service a wide client base, um, again, from the five employees to the 5,000. So uh, we understand that there is, you know, from the scaling ecosystem of a, of a operation that we can fit in at each point, and we can actually kind of be able to show and forecast at what point, once you reach 100 employees, what you should be doing, once you reach 500, what you should be doing, things like that. So again, that proactive versus reactive, which I think the industry has been used to um, prior. So we just want to kind of really enforce that um, to be really a thought leader on how to run your operation compliantly, but um, and make sure your employees are supported and, and paid. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing too. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, and kudos to you too for sticking with it and and kind of finding your role and it's a whole industry and and kind of being right here alongside us. I know we enjoy having Colorado natives, but also you know the Colorado companies that are part of this industry with us, and and we're all getting to watch them grow together. So it's really fun for us. Uh, on Absolutely. that note, though. You know, cannabis and food go really well together. And this, you know, this is a fun one for you because you are a native and you probably got like a ton of places running through your head right now. But tell us, you know, maybe one of your favorite places to, to eat for some food around Colorado. I'm trying to think if there's a place I could mention that I might get a discount at for mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, honestly, man, it's our, our the, the Thai food is pretty good mm-hmm. in Colorado. Like I know Denver's growing as like a foodie capital and we have a bunch of great spaces, but um there's a place called Ong's, A-U-N-G-S, and it's actually, it's um, it's on hand, and it's uh, it's near Littleton, but I, technically it's Inglewood. Okay. But um, best Thai food, if you like spicy Thai food, it's done oh, right wow. without having to be, you know, it's like adding more chili oil, but the, actually <laughs> the ingredients that they use makes it super spicy. So nice. uh, 100% would, would suggest that. <laughs> That's oh my fun. Gosh, I yeah, know. I haven't had Thai food in forever. I'm like craving some like peanut sauce or something Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite dish? Um, I would say the pad thai. Like, okay. you know, it's pretty, it's an easy go-to, but they just do it well. The, the Again, the ingredients are nice. phenomenal and just the spice is next level if you want it to be. So I was going to say the pad thai can get pretty spicy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah like really spicy. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, that's pretty fun. Oh man. All right, Colton. Well, we have one final question. Uh, we are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? I'm lit. Right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love oh, it. That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us more about work. Everybody check them out online. They're doing some pretty awesome stuff for the industry, you know, payroll, HR, all of those fun things that maybe you didn't know about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both so much. I mean, this opportunity, I mean, again, it's great to meet some natives, but then just talk about the industry because it is something, you know, I think everyone can agree that there's no lack of passion for trying to just drive initiatives and create the, that social change that we're creating in the industry. So it's great to see other two other pioneers kind of getting after it. Well, thank you for that. And right back at you. You know, we look forward to watching your journey and also watching work continue to grow out of Colorado and, and kind of help support the industry as a whole. So really fun for us. All right, you guys with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters.